This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. The word patient here is the Greek hapumone. Hapumone means steadfastness, endurance. And that's mentioned 23 times in the New Testament. And so this is why it is so important that we need to be joyful in various trials because it's not there to destroy you. It's not there to afflict you. It is there to build you. Have you ever struggled to stay patient during a challenging time? Pastor Eddie reminds you today that as a Christian, you can remain joyful even when you face trials. The challenges you face in life are meant to build you and stretch you, to make you stronger in your faith. By trusting in God and practicing patience, you can outlast any trial or tribulation that the world throws at you. The Lord will sustain you and provide for you. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of James chapter 1. As he begins his message, Faith and Endurance. Verses 2 through 11, that's what we're going to look at. After James opens this letter with a greeting and salutation, inspired by the Holy Spirit, uh, he's going to now encourage us to be joyful. He's going to encourage us to be joyful. However, he's going to tell us to be joyful as we are facing trials. Trials, tribulations, sufferings, uh, burdens, all kinds of difficulties. But how can one be joyful while going through trials? Not only how, but why should we be joyful in the midst of trial? Well, as we read and study this epistle, these first few verses, 11 verses, that is, um, we'll see how and why. So let us read the passage together, and then we'll look at it verse by verse. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 11. James writes this, My brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubt is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not the man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother glory in his exhortation, but the rich in his humiliation. Because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. No sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty appearance, its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. 
Now, we're going to look at two things in our study this morning, two things for you students who are taking notes. In verses 2 to 8, verses 2 to 8, we're going to see the benefits we get from trials. So it's benefiting from trials. And you may say, that's impossible. With God, nothing's impossible. We're going to see what James has to say. So that's in verses 2 to 8. In verses 9 through 11, the trials of the rich and the poor. So the rich man and the poor man, their trial. So we read the text. Let's now look at it verse by verse. Let's look at verse 2 of chapter 1. James writes, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, if you were one of the first recipients of this letter during that time in that culture, you read it and understood the Koine Greek language, you would have felt a strong encouragement from the very beginning, from the salutation itself. Not so much with verse 2. Look up to the word greeting in verse 1. The word greeting there. The word greeting there in the Greek is Cairo. That is the Greek word for uh, greeting. And it means to rejoice to be glad. Now, the word greeting is mentioned 74 times in the New Testament. However, it is used in this context eight times in the New Testament. So we are to rejoice and be glad. He starts off with the word greeting. And in other words, it is to greet one with health and happiness. Greet one with health and happiness. It's if you were to greet someone in a happy manner. Hey, how you doing? What's up? You know, uh, that's pretty much, he didn't say what's up, but you know, I'm just saying, this is what James is doing. Greetings. It's all right. Let's see what James has to say. Does he really know what we're going through? Well, let's see what he has to say. And you may say, you know, I, I can imagine the backdrop of these guys are probably saying, let's read James' epistle now. He says, greetings. He said, Okay. <laughs> All right, James, half-brother of Jesus, <laughs> do you realize what we're going through? Do you know that we're being persecuted? you know that we've been ostracized by our family because we found our faith, we found our faith in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the Messiah? I know all too well how to respond when I go through trials and tribulations. I'm a normal person. I know what to do and how to feel when I go and fall into trials. The same way I deal with all my trials. Isn't that true? We all have trials. Is anyone here who does not have trials? <laughs> we all have trials. And don't we approach and deal with the trials in our lives the same way? And I think there's a problem with that. I'm so grateful for the word. You know, Albert Einstein, I don't quote a lot of <laughs> ungodly people. I'm not saying he's not godly. He believed there is a super, but anyway, I don't know where he is right now. But the point is what he said is known. And I kind of got this quote down because it makes a lot of sense. He said, insanity, this is what he quotes about insanity. He says, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Isn't that how we deal with trials and tribulations? But the thing is, we don't realize that we are doing the same, we're handling our troubles the same way, our trials. We handle it the same way. It comes, okay, we deal with it, we sleep, get, you know, Months, years, maybe some of us still feel the effects of trials and tribulations, and we deal with it the same way. We approach it the same way. So I want to know, how do I deal? What do I do when I deal with trials in my life? James is telling me to count it all joy. Count it all joy. Now, this is really, in the, in the, in the Greek language, it's, it's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. We are to be joyful in trials. 
Now, I'm going to give you a few more Greek words, and the next one I want to give you is the word trial in the Greek. is pyrasimos. That's the Greek word for trial. What does it mean? It's mentioned 10 times in the New Testament. It means an experiment, attempt, trial, proving, and it also means temptation. That's important for you to know. It means temptation. Now, here in verse 2, Pyrasimos is used in the sense of trials. However, it's also used for the word temptation. If you have the King James Version of the Bible, verse 2 will read the word temptation. So if you have any other translation, they would say trials, because that's the best translation for that word. But we're going to see the word temptation later on in our study, not this morning, in our next study. Drop down to verse 12. Look at verse 12. Verse 12 says, blessed is the man who endures pyrasimos, trials, not actually temptation here, is used in a sense of temptation. And we're going to deal with that in our, in our next study when we look at verses 12 to 18. But for now, the emphasis and the text, keeping everything in context, is dealing with trials. And what's the difference between the trials and temptation? We all face trials and temptation. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ dealt with trials and temptation. Okay? Trials deals with the external. It's what happens. It's what comes to us. It's something we can't control. So it just comes to us from the outside. That's trials. Temptation is eternal. And boy, James is going to kind of teach us on that. And all of us, we have these temptations, okay? And just to let you know, give you a heads up now, give you a little taste of our next study. Temptation is not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to fall into temptation. We all get tempted. Jesus was tempted, right? So that's the difference between the two. But here, James tells us, Count it all joy when we go through trials. Trials are inevitable. And he talks about various trials. What does he mean? All kinds of trials. Trials come in all shapes and sizes, from all direction, all the time. It's expected. We will have trials, every single one of us. But look at what James says here. It's very good. We can't miss this one word because that kind of puts everything in perspective. It says, count it all joy when... When you fall into various trials, not if, but when, because it's inevitable, you will have various trials. As a matter of fact, the Bible is filled with all kinds of stories of men and women of God who have suffered through many trials and tribulations. The Bible is filled from Genesis all the way to the New Testament. Even the word trials is spoken of in the book of Revelation. But we see the word trials in scripture, but I don't know if you know it, there's a consistency with the word. This is why I love the word. Because the flesh tends to focus and park itself on trials. The scripture would tell you about trials, but it always incorporates into the verse, into the text, a positive. And here, I'm going to give you a few. Now, there's a lot of verses that, and you know, passages that we could read about men and women of God who have suffered through many trials. But I want to give you a, just, a, just a few verses where it tells us that we are going to have trials, but there's, you know, how we to approach trials. Let's look at what Paul wrote to the church of Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3. He writes this. No one should be shaken by these affliction, for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. Isn't that great? Yeah. I mean, this is not a feel-good message. It's just not a TBN, uh, you know, kind of message. I'm sorry. That's how it is. You, you were pointed to this. Did you know that? 
And then he, he says, he writes to the church in Rome, in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, he says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Do you glory in tribulation? How many of us have done that? It's very hard. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 says, I now rejoice in my sufferings. How many rejoice? And they say, well, we're going to know why. This is why we study the word verse by verse. In, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12, Peter writes this, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trials, which it is to try you as though some strange things happening to you. So we see these verses over and over again. We're going to go through them, every single one of us. In fact, we can even take it from our Lord and Savior himself. There is there's anyone that we know that has been through more suffering, has been through more trials, is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Even Jesus said that you will. It's almost a promise. It's almost a promise. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. And in God we have peace. In the world you will have peace. Tribulation. You will. Not maybe if, but you will. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So we know. Let's just put it on, let's just lay it on the table. We all will suffer trials and tribulations. Some of you are suffering through some of those tribulations right now. But be of good cheer. God is faithful. His word is faithful. And now we're going to know why we need to, how and why can we be joyful in the midst of trials? Let's read verse 2 and 3 together. James writes this, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Why? Verse 3, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. The testing of your faith produces patience. This is what happens. This is why we need to be joyful. There's more, but Let's look at this here. It produces, your faith is at work. Your faith is at work. This is why we are to consider every opportunity to be joyful when trials come in. Now, may have not, you know, you may not, you know, receive this just of yet because we don't have the how and we're going to get there. We have verse 3 tells us. But I'm going to give you a few more Greek words to help us. The word testing here is dakemion, dakemion. Anyway, I think I pronounced it right. I don't know why I try to pronounce these Greek words. I can't even speak Spanish, so. <laughs> or English. Anyway, uh, but it, it's, it's mentioned only two times. That Greek was only mentioned two times in the entire New Testament. Here uh, in verse 3 and in 1 Peter chapter 1. And it means to prove genuine. That's what it is. The testing of your faith. Is it genuine? We're going through trials. The testing of your faith, this is where your faith comes in. Is it genuine? That's important. Because what that does is it helps build endurance. And it's faith endurance. That's what helps us. The word patient here is the Greek hapumone. Hapumone means steadfastness, endurance. And that's mentioned 23 times in the New Testament. And so... This is why it is so important that we need to be joyful in various trials because it's not there to destroy you. It's not there to afflict you. It is there to build you. And we've seen the building process just about now in verse 3. Okay? 
Why do we need to rejoice in the midst of trial? We should know better. We're believers in Christ. We have a God that's alive and well. And then we have faith in God that restores, builds, and gives us all we need to go through life here on earth. The world doesn't have that. You have that. So you would understand this, even just the beginning of this. We know because we serve a God that, that, that's mighty, is powerful. We depend on his word. And it tells us to be joyful as we go through trials and tribulations because what does it do? Our faith is being tested, number one. And what does that do? That builds endurance. Thus, the reason to be joyful. Some people will say to you, well, how is it that you have such great patience, endurance during your trials? I'm glad you asked. It's not because of experience. It's not because of experience. It's not because I've been through so many. I've just given up that my, my heart is callous, my mind is callous, and anything that comes my way, it is what it is. No, it's because of the person, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I rejoice in him. It's not because of my experience, but because the word tells me to rejoice. And so that's why sometimes, you know, you, you may have a neighbor and say, you know, I, I don't understand this guy. I see what he's suffering through, and he's always happy. He goes to church three, four times a week, and he's always happy. There's a difference, Jesus Christ. He's, we, we rejoice. It goes without saying that trials don't make us joyful. It doesn't make us happy. But we know that in it, God's going to use it for our good. We're going to benefit from trials. Christians benefit from trials and tribulations. The world does not. There are so many help books in the thousands, so many programs. People are being drugged, going to doctors, going uh, seeing psychologists. Now, there's some people who really need it, but here's the thing. They, they, they're searching for happiness because they've been through so many trials not knowing how to handle it. But we have the word here. We don't rejoice. It would have put a smile when we have trials, we don't dance around, you know, but we rejoice in a sense knowing that, hey, something good is going to come out of this. God is going to use it for his glory. He's going to build me up. And it's not the trials itself, but in and of itself, they are not joyful. But when we realize, when we realize that all our trials are under the authority of a sovereign God who will accomplish his purpose in your life in those trials. And that's one thing we need to always understand and remember. There isn't a trial that you have been through, that you're going to go through, that God is not behind it. If we allow God to be in it and we approach it as the word tells us to, Trials doesn't do it, but it builds us up. It doesn't, it doesn't make us happy and celebrate and have a party, but we, we count it all joy because we know that our faith is being tested. We're trusting in the Lord, and yeah. we are building endurance. But there's more. There's more reasons why we should rejoice in the midst of trial. Look at verse 4. And he said, but let patience or endurance have its perfect work. Here it is, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I think verse 4 kind of hits it out of the park, right? It kind of puts it at ease, everything at ease. Okay, this is how I'm supposed to deal with trials with joy, but why? Why? Because God is going to work in it. How? Well, Trust in the Lord by faith. We know that God is working in it for 
us. As your faith is being tested through trials, as your faith produces endurance, what happens now in your life as a believer in Jesus Christ, it's going to make you perfect and complete. Perfect meaning having reached the end. Complete meaning whole. Now you may say, wait a minute, I have a long way to go. We all do. But here's the thing. Those of us who have, re- accept, have repented and, and received Christ as Lord and personal Savior, you are already complete. Yeah. As soon as you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you are complete. Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. It's not up there, but look it up. He says, you are complete. Now, you may say, boy, that's it? <laughs> then I probably need to stay at the cross and keep giving my life to the Lord. No. Positionally, who you are in Christ, you're complete. Positionally, who you are in Christ, you're perfect. However, practically, we need to work those things out. And that's what trials does. It's working you out. It's shaping you and molding you into be the man and woman that God wants you to be. To be strong in the midst of trials. And so that's how it is. We will be made perfect, complete, and we lack nothing. So that's what trials do for us. That's why we need to look at it and welcome it with joy. Not create trials, not look for trials, but when it does come our way, we welcome it, bring it. I got a God that's bigger than the problem. I got a God that he can solve anything. All things work for good for those who love the Lord, doesn't it? He has a plan for your life from the very beginning. And he who began a good work in you will complete it to the day of Christ. He began that work at the cross, and he's going to continue on working in your life, and that includes trials, because it's shaping and molding you to be the man and woman God has called you to be. And that's the reason why we, we welcome trials if they do come. God's goal for your life, my life, and for every believer is so that we may grow and mature in him. And that's what the work of the Holy Spirit does. It fashions us and molds us to make us look like Jesus, talk like Jesus, walk like Jesus. And trials, they're there for a reason. Maturity only comes when you've been tested. Maturity only comes when you trust in the Lord. And you know that. Many of us have been Christians for a long time. We go through that cycle, right? You know, we, we, we like... We run up to the wave of the, the beach, and then we run back. We run, it's, it's, we're like that tumbleweed in, in the Western story. It just, there's no root, it just keeps tumbling. It goes around because it doesn't have root in the Lord. And our relationship with God and, and our maturity is a cycle. It never, we never get to that point where we need to just stay on that step, trust in the Lord, even if you're going through trials, and let Him build you up so you can take the next step. We want to fix it ourselves. The Word of God is a breath of fresh air, a crutch to lean on when you're too weak to stand, and much, much more. Here on Running the Race, you'll hear teaching after teaching by Pastor Eddie that inspires and challenges your walk with Jesus. If you haven't heard that much about Jesus, make sure to contact us at Calvary Chapel of Milford via runningtheraceradio.com, and we'll explain the message of salvation to you. Come be a part of the family of God and experience all that He has for you. I promise it will be beyond your wildest dreams. That website you want to go to now is runningtheraceradio.com. Just in case you missed it, 
That was runningtheraceradio.com. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Running the Race is a radio ministry coming to you straight from Calvary Chapel of Milford, where we desire to be changed to look like Christ through the power of His Holy Spirit. To learn more about us, go to our homepage, runningtheraceradio.com. We're grateful you spend part of your day with us and pray you've been blessed by this broadcast of Running the Race.